Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping Season 3, Episode 9, A Deep Fried Korean Thanksgiving. The Netflix bio for this episode is... Lorelai and Rory have four Thanksgivings when they stop for celebrations with Lane, Sookie, and Luke on the way to dinner with Richard and Emily. And this week we're also joined by Larissa, creator of Eating Gilmore, for this food-centric episode. And you can follow Larissa as she cooks her way through Gilmore Girls on her blog or on Instagram at Eating Gilmore. And thanks for joining us. Hi! Yes, welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me back. I'm really excited uh, to be here for this very foodie episode. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If there's ever an episode that was mostly about food, it was definitely this one. Yeah. Most Gilmore Girls episodes (laughs) kind of count. (laughs) Truly. Okay. So what are all of our overall thoughts on this food-centric episode? How are we feeling? (laughs) Hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I thought it was juicy just to use more food terminology there's so much Mm -hmm. that happens I was also I couldn't remember exactly like obviously I remember this episode but they really speed through the dinners I for some reason in my mind felt like they spent more time with each dinner but I guess it's probably because they like circle back at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. yeah I do like that they go back well, with the exception of the Gilmores, because that's the last one. But I do like that they um, touch base or check in, I guess, with all of the other dinners and see kind of how they progressed over the day. Mm-hmm. Get our Dave yeah. scene. <laughs> the best. <laughs> I, I thought it was a fun storyline, like the journey of all the different four, the different settings that were all so different. And then we kind of journeyed backward as well by the end. So I felt like the structure worked really well for a lot of different fun or not so fun or dramatic (laughs) plot lines. Yeah, I feel like each dinner kind of represents an important, I guess, pillar of the show. Like you've got um, the you know, Mrs. Kim and Lane, and it's, you know, very, I guess, Stars Hollow, but serious, like it's a serious side of Stars mm-hmm. Hollow. And then you've got Suki and Jackson, and that's just like the full on zaniness <laughs> of the town. And then Luke is like the stable one. And then of course, you have the traditional like Friday night dinner at the Gilmore Mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the drama. Totally. Yes. <laughs> oh, we also have Kirk. I'm going to talk a lot about this Cat Kirk episode. <laughs> it's so iconic. <laughs> of course. I loved it. <laughs> but should we go ahead and uh, attempt to do our talking fast for the episode? Yeah. <laughs> Alexis, it looks like you should go first. Mm-hmm. I'm ready, I guess. <laughs> okay, ready, set, go. Uh, Lorelai and Roy are invited by Emily to the Gilmores, but they have three other Thanksgivings they have to get to. They are going to let Luke down, but then they decide not to. So they go to uh, the Kims and then Luke's and then, wait, no, Sookie's, then Luke's and then the Gilmores. Um, Also, meanwhile, there's Dean around. He's been broken up with. Um, He encounters Jess at the end. Uh, Kirk got a cat, (laughs) cat Kirk. Okay. <laughs> Not my best work. <laughs> There's just so much. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go next, Larissa? Sure. I'll give it a try. <laughs> I'm probably going to be horrible. 
That's okay. I don't think so. <laughs> so you just, it's a recap and you get 30 seconds to recap the episode. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can do this. Okay. Ready, set. Okay, it is Thanksgiving in Stars Hollow, and Rory and Lorelai have to hit four, so they skip the rolls in order to save room for all four. Um, so we start off with uh, Mrs. Kims, and Dave is there playing guitar. Then we go over to Suki, and Jackson is deep frying the turkey. Then we hit it over to um, Luke, where Rory and Jess share a lame kiss. And then we hit the Gilmore Mansion at nighttime, and oh no! <laughs> I, know. I know it's so hard to like not to to like cover everything, yeah. especially in an episode like this. Thirty seconds is not long at all. Oh my goodness! It is not. That was so good though for the thirty seconds that you got. Oh man! And the Suzanne's probably going to school us both. Oh yeah, right. I'm sure <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> Okay, bring us home, Suzanne. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. So we've got four different Thanksgivings to hit. Uh, the Kims, Suki and Jackson's, Luke's, and the Gilmore's. Meanwhile, Kirk has also adopted a cat that keeps attacking him. And at Luke's, Rory and Jess have a bad kiss that everybody makes fun of them for. And then Dave is at the Kim's and he's laying the groundwork for a relationship. And then uh, at Suki's, Jackson is deep frying a turkey and she gets drunk. At the Gilmore's, it goes badly. And then uh, Dina and uh, Jess fight. Oh. There's so much in this one episode. Oh, my God. It, it's really crazy. Like way to mm-hmm. kind of throw you in the deep end, starting with this one. Well, we better slow down. then. <laughs> So we open in our cold open with Lorelai and Rory watching a show and I looked it up to see what it was and it's Grey Gardens, which I guess is a documentary about a mother and daughter who are both named Edith Beale. I've never heard about those people or this documentary. So <laughs> my only knowledge from it is of the scene from the show. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a classic example of like I know it's a pop culture reference, but it goes so over my head. <laughs> but I understand that they're like, oh, mother daughter, that could be us. And then I guess <laughs> it seems like the mother and daughter are a bit weird in the documentary, so I guess they didn't want to end up like them. It was as far as cold opens go. This one was like not connected to the episode in any fashion at all yeah it was definitely just cold (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and it was also like fairly short compared to other cold opens we've got um Mm -hmm. the next scene takes us right into the action and i have my lorelei's closet in the the beginning of this scene with suki's chef's jacket i always Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is maybe it's just like uh her hair color and eye color but when she wears navy blue I just love it and she had so the jacket was navy blue and then she also had a matching headband it was really cute um, Mm -hmm. and professional looking but she's freaking out because she's taking Thanksgiving day off and she's not she doesn't think that uh, the other chefs can handle it which sounds like Suki she's she seems like I don't know she's got one of those like dichotomous kind of characters where she in herself always seems out of control but 
she's actually very controlled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I kind of wish, like, I think this episode is, like, almost perfect in the structure, but I do wish that we got to see, like, Thanksgiving at the end. She's yeah. all, like, frantic about it. Like, maybe mm-hmm. Michelle's kind of running things, and so she calls Suki or he calls her while she's drunk on the margaritas later. <laughs> I think that would have been really funny. Yeah. Just like a little shot of what's happening there, chaos or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it would be so plausible that Suki would like sneak away amidst all of the deep frying to be like, <laughs> forget about this nonsense. I need to go check on the inn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the the point about her being controlling, uh, but also kind of out of control at the same time, it had me thinking like, I feel like she needs a good sous chef. And maybe that's mm-hmm. like, what this Bob person is, but she doesn't seem to trust him at all. It just had me thinking about like, um, weirdly like Paris and Rory, where Paris is the president and Rory is the vice president and Rory is kind of like the go-between and caught like pairs well with Paris. I'm like, I think Suki needs someone like a Rory, but in the kitchen almost. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It also just, I was just thinking it it makes the storyline they made for her in the reboot even more ridiculous that she would just leave and allow the inn to like the kitchen to just be run by random people yeah (laughs) just not very plausible yeah (laughs) but we got so many celebrity cameos that way (laughs) Rachel Ray Ray. (laughs) the ones we really cared about (laughs) (laughs) um during the scene also Lorelai is trying to calm her down and Emily like walks up kind of stealthily behind her. <laughs> Suki's Suki says hi Emily and Lorelai thinks that she's joking, but Emily is really back there and she has come to ask or kind of force Lorelai to come to Thanksgiving dinner. At the beginning of the scene I couldn't remember for the life of me what had happened in the previous episode to make them <laughs> so angry at each other, but it was the it was Yale. Yeah, the, the Yale yeah, stuff. The interview. Yeah. I think you guys should start keeping a tally of how many times Lorelai refers to Emily as a dictator. Like this oh, one, she yeah, called, refers yeah. to her of like Joseph Stalin. So y'all should keep a mm-hmm. list of how many yeah. she does. And I, I'm pretty sure yeah. she's made like a Mussolini reference yeah, or something. She's done like Mussolini, Hitler, Pol Pot, like all of them. And I'm like, oh, I don't gosh. think Emily's that bad. Yeah. That's such a good point. Wow. Yeah, and on that note, I didn't feel like Emily's request was that outrageous. And she's really, like, explaining it's one meal, multiple people will be there, so the pressure won't be on you. We're going to be out of town. This will be the last time we'll see you for the whole year. And she'd been, like, calling and calling for weeks, and Lorelai was sick and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I was like... I think you can give her this Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, she's getting yeah. out of like, there's what, at least four or five more Fridays left in the year. Like, that's a lot of dinner she gets to be out of. So <laughs> just give in one time. Plus, I'm still, and we'll get to it later, but I still feel like Emily was not in the wrong with the Yale stuff. She was like really trying to patch things up, and Lorelai is just not giving her any. So stubborn. Any. <laughs> leeway yeah so now we find out that they have to go to four thanksgiving dinners which (laughs) sounds intense (laughs) but before we get to the 
major Thanksgiving day, we have another sort of Wednesday scene. Rory, meanwhile, is at Chilton. So we get a fun little Chilton scene. And I I did want to point out that I believe last episode we saw them in a chemistry class, if I'm not mistaken. And now it seems like they're in biology um, doing like cell anatomy stuff. And I was just like, what is this Chilton? Like, <laughs> I want to see Rory's schedule. What <laughs> what are the classes? Uh, but overall, you know, Louise, Paris, Madeline, and Rory are sharing their own Thanksgiving plans, which vary wildly. And I thought, I think Louise... Her plans are definitely the most interesting. Apparently, her dad is in jail. <laughs> and, um, but he donated treadmills to the jail, so <laughs> they get to have this trailer in the parking lot for a two-hour meal. But then a Manson girl gets it after that. <laughs> yeah, aren't those trail trailers usually, like, for uh, sexual visits and stuff oh, yeah. like that? <laughs> Conjugal. Conjugal, yeah. It's like, what's the word for that? Um... Yeah. Yeah, that was almost my top pop culture reference, but another one replaced it. So we'll get to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but this <laughs> is like a small detail, but it's always like not bothered me, but I always find a giant cell poster that the teacher is using to be just like comically large. Like, I don't know why she just doesn't <laughs> like have a projector. And I know this is a 2000, yeah. so they would have had the like glass light thing that we had, mm-hmm. but. I just, the size of this poster has always just been really funny to me. I don't know why. (laughs) I also, like, I have vivid memories of biology class, like, learning some of these, this weird vocabulary that I've never thought of or used in the rest of my life, (laughs) except when I think of biology class. And some of the, like, hats off to biologists, because that stuff is just weird. There's just so much weird stuff out there. Well, do you agree with uh, Madeline Louise and how everything sounds dirty? Because I just think they're just little <laughs> weird girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think high schoolers will find anything to be dirty. That's valid. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also, so part of their Thanksgiving plans are like that they're going to be applying to colleges. So we have been following that storyline through this whole season so far. And it's going to come up a bit later. But Larissa, you're a college advisor. Is that right? Yes. So I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> we could do like a whole podcast episode on the college application part, but I won't go too long. Um, <laughs> Paris just needs to calm down. She's like yelling at yeah. them to get their applications done. I'm like, it's only Thanksgiving. Like that's still relatively early. Most aren't even due until January. So right here, I'll go into it with Lorelai and Rory, but... Um, in terms mm-hmm. of Paris and getting mad at the two of them, I'm like, mm, you know, they're doing their best. <laughs> I just think it's so interesting that you have so much knowledge about applications as well, because, you know, we thought, oh, we'll bring Larissa, Larissa on for the food episode. Little did we know we could have had you on for application. Oh, my gosh. That as well. episode <laughs> actually gives me anxiety. <laughs> but I love it so much. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Oh, and then Paris with all of her community service, and she's, like, yelling at the soup kitchen because they won't let her volunteer on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's just, like, typical Mm -hmm. Paris. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, like, that one random episode in season two where they're, like, volunteering at the, um, like, the building project. Yeah. And, like, that stuff never comes up again, but (laughs) Paris just, she has, she doesn't have a 
selfless bone in her body. <laughs> every single every single thing she does is for college applications, even if it's something that should be charitable. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the scene, she's like, I'm not sure it comes off this way, but I am doing this for the good of mankind. Like, you know that, right? Sure. <laughs> it's like, sure. <laughs> Paris. <laughs> okay, so next we go into Stars Hollow, and it's still the day before, and... Rory is asking Lorelai how they're going to make it through four dinners. Lorelai suggests that maybe they'll skip Luke's. But then before we get to Luke's, we have the beginning of my ongoing gazebo moment for this episode. (laughs) I had to just like make this whole storyline my gazebo moment. Kirk comes out of Le Chat Club, which we haven't Mm. seen for a while. Um, And he's got lots of cat stuff. (laughs) He has adopted a cat. And he's named the cat Kirk. So he, he, Lorelai asks, you know, whether this might be confusing. He has a great point. Like, he's going to be calling the cat Kirk. Why would he be calling himself, you know? But then <laughs> Lorelai's like, well, you live with your mom. So he decides that he could have the cat called <laughs> Cat Kirk <laughs> and him Human Kirk, which I just love. It's in line with Kirk. And uh, I'm, I'm obsessed with this cat plot line <laughs> i know i wish we got to see the cat um but i i really love uh rory's line where she's like he's always been a cat person he just never yeah. had a cat and that's so accurate it's true i wrote that down as well that line was very accurate <laughs> so from here they head into luke's where they order the well luke knows that they will order the wednesday usual which is french dip extra fries and cherry pie which sounds pretty good to me uh this is when they broach the topic of skipping luke's and he tries to play it cool and casual like he's not going to miss them but they definitely pick up on that vibe and um and lorelei pretends to get a call from emily and announces like oh it's okay the schedule will work out actually we can come to luke's for dinner um so yeah, this is when it cements that they definitely have the four dinners to attend. I I just like that they picked up on Luke's feelings despite him being extremely stoic. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is kind of um, a little bit more of a glimpse into that Luke doesn't just love Lorelai, but he also likes Rory and kind of is that father figure in her life Mm -hmm. um and i like that this episode kind of portrays that rory's also family to him too yeah right and this is something that they've it seems like they've been doing every year is going to luke so it's nice to hear it's part of that tradition and like a different uh, kind of like a family tradition for them as well and i think they're like I think they seem surprised that they disappointed Luke, but I'm all I'm kind of like you guys. Like, of course you disappointed Luke if you're not going to this like thing you've been doing every year. Right. <laughs> I don't know much about the love languages, but this just like cements Luke's love languages being acts of service. Like, he is preparing Thanksgiving dinner for like basically the whole town, and he has it already prepared and everything. When Lorelai and Rory walk in later, it's just everything he does yeah he does for them (laughs) so after this it is dun dun thanksgiving day (laughs) and we start off with them picking up flowers and uh chocolates and stuff for all the people that they're going to see um 
Jess arrives as Rory's picking out flowers and he starts making out with her on the street. She pulls him off to the side um, to make out like behind a bush or whatever. (laughs) And they kind of have an argument. Rory wants to not flaunt their relationship. Jess wants to flaunt it. And I decided to make this my Friday night dinner, even though there's plenty more in the episode to complain about. But I just want to kind of compare their relationship and the speed that they have gone at to Lane and Dave and Dave Mm -hmm. is like going brick by brick laying the foundation for their relationship whereas Rory just broke up with Dean like days later she's making out with Jess and then she's like wondering why she doesn't feel comfortable showing off their relationship around town it's probably for multiple reasons, like she she should have taken some time to be single and maybe taken it slow with Jess. I mean, I know that that's not possible, but I, I don't know. We've, we've talked mm-hmm. about the speed of their relationship before, but yeah, just more disappointment. Yeah. I also, <laughs> with this scene, it's a weird thing, but Rory says, Oh, this isn't this is the first time that Dean and I have broken up, but it's clearly not. Yeah, that's true. So like true. obviously she didn't date anyone in the, you know, she got back together with Dean like a few weeks later, but I'm like you technically have broken up before. So this isn't your first yeah. breakup. <laughs> she did kiss Tristan in between. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And that was very so revisionist public. history. <laughs> yeah. I will say um, this is where I have my Lorelai's closet of the coats that they wear for Thanksgiving um, are my favorite. I can't choose which one, so I have to give it to both uh, Lorelai and Rory for their coats in this scene and any of the outdoor Mm -hmm. scenes this episode. Fall is the time for sexy coats, and those are (laughs) some good-looking coats. I think the red one is my personal favorite that Rory has, but the the beige for Lorelai is so classy, too. Yeah, it would be, like, so in fashion right now. (laughs) Everybody's wearing, like, beige or camel-colored coats. Guilty. (laughs) I like like Rory's as well, although I've never – I red does not flatter me. I would choose, like, a green or navy, but I like the cut of the jacket. Yeah. I think they just like complement each other too. Like they just look really nice Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very autumnal. Definitely. (laughs) Meanwhile, Lorelai is inside Dozie's because of course she opted to do that rather than Rory. (laughs) (laughs) And we think she's going to run into Dean, which she does. But first she runs into Kirk (laughs) and we get further development of this new cat dynamic in his life. Apparently, he's having some troubles with um, Cat Kirk. He's got major gashes on like his arm and his neck. And yeah, apparently Cat Kirk is very like testy. Um, Kirk has to announce when he enters a room. He's very I... testy, but Kirk has yet to see his testes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was smooth. <laughs> But yeah, Kirk can't tell if it's a girl or a boy, and Lorelai leaves him with this parting word. Here's hoping your cat exposes itself to you soon. (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, yeah. And then Lorelai runs into Dean, as we suspected. He, like, tries to avoid conversation, which makes sense, but she does pull him aside 
basically she wants to tell him she's like basically she understands that he wants to avoid her but she's trying to say you don't have to and then she says this line <laughs> um just because you and Rory broke up doesn't mean we did oh my gosh. and <laughs> This is why people on the internet talk about their chemistry <laughs> and make jokes about Lorelai and Dean. And this line is just feeding directly into that because what a wildly inappropriate thing to say. It's so suggestive. Yeah, but I even wrote notes about their weird chemistry. And yeah, it's so uncomfy. <laughs> yeah. It's also, I we've said this about Lorelai before, like with the, Dean stuff and becoming so like involved in Rory's relationship but I don't know I I feel like it's ne it's never a good idea for family members to try and carry on a relationship with even just like a close friendship with somebody who your family member has broken up with I have definitely like my family definitely did that once with one of my brother's ex-girlfriends and it just like made the whole process worse for everybody and it, like, also makes the family member feel like you aren't on their side, kind of. So, I, I mean, Lorelai's not really, like, doing that to the same extent. But, and I, I know she's probably just trying to make Dean feel comfortable, which makes sense. But still, it's like, just be polite. You don't need to be close friends, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to still act like you're in a relationship. Yeah, so mm -hmm. weird. <laughs> I was thinking that her... She does have the comment about how it's a small town and it will be hard mm -hmm. to avoid each other. And it almost made me wonder if this conversation in some way, like partially influenced Dean's comments to Jess at the end of the episode about like, mm. this is my town and I don't have yeah. to like, I was going to hide and just make it easy for everyone, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, I wonder if Lorelai inspired him to be like, oh, you don't have to like avoid us and it's small. I don't know. I think he's also just fueled by anger at that point after seeing them kiss, but a slight parallel there, I guess. Yeah, I never yeah. drew that connection, but I think that's a really good point for sure. That's a great confrontation at the end of the episode. I know. I can't wait to get mm. to it. <laughs> so after this, we start the dinners finally. So we start with the Kims and they bring flowers and cranberry sauce like a can of cranberry sauce which seems to be a tradition and a chocolate turkey and one of our listeners on instagram responded for my plea for their gazebo moments that this was their gazebo moment because lorelei hands mrs kim a turkey and mrs kim says it's missing its head <laughs> and lorelei is like oh sorry that's ours so they had, like, mm -hmm. on the way from the store, already eaten the head off of a chocolate turkey. <laughs> it's not a long walk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, Rude. you'd have to open that up. And then you know that you're about to eat four dinners. That's just a lot of... I I will say, um, this was my sass attack line when Miss Kim says, um, to, she says something like, just send a blank check to their dentist when Lorelai gives her the... <laughs> chocolate turkey i thought that was just a very iconic mrs campaign yeah right like talking about giving candy to children <laughs> we also we see dave he's playing guitar as like the hymn accompaniment accompaniment for the singing which i guess is the main activity at the lanes uh the kim's uh thanksgiving dinner 
and mm-hmm. Lane arrives and she explains Dave's cover story to Lorelai and Rory, which is that they had met at that dance thing and then uh, she put up a poster at the church for Dave as a guitarist and then found it with her mom to uh, get Mrs. Kim to hire him for the event. And mm-hmm. Dave is just like, he's just a champ to do this whole thing. Like he, that's like the ultimate wooing activity, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like more than whatever Dean or Jess have ever done. Like Dave played guitar hymns for five hours just to see <laughs> Lane. <laughs> that's commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, my favorite character is definitely Richard, but I think the best guy on the show is Dave Rogalski. Like mm-hmm. probably even the best just like mm-hmm. character, like best person. Like I don't think Dave even has a flaw other than leaving the show for the OC. But I uh, to me Yeah. <laughs> that's more an Adam Brody problem. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's but true. I agree. The way that he is able to like participate in her fibs and like double live kind of stuff is such a good sign that they would work. And while it seems like Lane was the mastermind of this plan, he still has some of the same skills that she does mm-hmm. that we saw from like the dance marathon. Like he was coming up with a cover story for his family. He was doing the whole sandwich. Can I have more <laughs> thing? Like he is so on Lane's level at being able to like work this situation so that they can get time together. I think that's so romantic. What is more like fun than a sort of like secret relationship although they are working to like eventually get it to be public with mrs kim but it's just so so good and i think if you <laughs> you kind of compare it to um henry and the bit of basket i think it's yeah. that episode where he says like i can't do all these cover stories and plots and he like kind of mm-hmm. they never are together but he sort of breaks up with her and then mm-hmm. to see that Dave is not only going along with it, but he's like helping come up with the like plan. Mm-hmm. I just think that shows that he's like the better guy. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect pair. <laughs> and then we get Zach. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm that's a <laughs> I'm we're gonna have a lot to talk about with Zach because mm-hmm. I like him most of the time. <laughs> so and I know that's a controversial it is, that's a hot take. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like and there's like Zach as a character, but then Zach as a boyfriend as yeah, well. Was, yeah, a slight distinction sure. yeah. I think is important. Yeah. I also want to nominate in this scene, I have my Lorelai's closet for Lane's sweater. I'll do my best to describe it. Um, it seemed to be like mostly black and then it's also a turtleneck and it has a pattern at the top around the neck in between the shoulders that is like a, a different sweater where it has a pattern and it's like beige and red and it was just a very like I would love to wear something like that to a Thanksgiving meal you know you got to pick out like a good sweater (laughs) and so I really liked it and I it was like neck and neck for me between this and the coats um for sure glad we have different (laughs) ones I was like oh no what if we I have the same ones as everyone else it happens to us very often so (laughs) yeah it's unavoidable Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm mm-hmm so we leave the Kims with Dave. Oh, wait, wait, Suzanne. Sorry. We can't, we have to highlight the food. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, how do gosh. how do we feel about their representation of tofurkey? To, tofurkey, it's hard to say. <laughs> I would try it. 
it's weird that um, it's very clear that this is a tradition that Lorelai goes over and Rory, Lorelai and Rory go to the Kims every year. And, but they're acting like tofurkey is this new thing. And I'm like, I feel like Miss Kim would serve it every year. Mm-hmm. So it just, mm-hmm. that part was a little weird because I feel like at some point Lorelai would have had to try it already. Yeah. And maybe she has and she doesn't like it. And that's why she spit it into a napkin. It's almost like, and I know tofurkey isn't a Korean cultural food, but it almost has that kind of vibe of like Lorelai not wanting to try a cultural food or something. Um, like going there and already knowing she's not going to like it. So she doesn't even give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Her quote unquote international food just comes from Al's pancake world. And I'm like, that's yeah. count. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah. I feel like Tofurky gets a bad rep in the episode with Lorelai, like just grabbing napkins, planning to throw it away before she even tries it. And I will give her that. I do know that tofu is all about like texture and seasoning and whatnot. So it could definitely be in the super like health conscious Mrs. Kim cooking. It could be very bland and whatnot. And if she has had it every year, I'm not so sure. But I almost honestly gave this my gotta taste test because I wanted to like say justice for tofu, you know, Mm -hmm. but knowing that the way Mrs. Kim made it would probably not be what I would want. I did refrain. <laughs> I just had tofu for dinner. It was very good. <laughs> also, mm. I don't know why Lorelai's like giving it such a hard time. She brings canned cranberry sauce like that. Yeah. Not gross. any better. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Canned cranberry sauce. Like it's so easy to make real cranberry sauce. Yeah. Canned cranberry sauce is just a depressing item. I kind of like the way it comes out of the can and maintains <laughs> yeah. the can impression. Like jello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we continue on our Thanksgiving journey to our second destination. This is when um, there's like, at least on Netflix for me, the image of the episode is Lorelai and Rory sitting at this table like with the beautiful coats on and there's like a cornucopia of fall looking things next to them. So like every time the camera panned to them when they were talking to Suki at this table, it was just like stunning mm-hmm. shot. I just thought, I'm like, this is such a casual conversation, but they look so beautiful and autumnal. <laughs> yeah, that gave that just all of Suki's Thanksgiving, my star's hollow moment just for the yeah. aesthetics of it because it's fall. And she has like a banquet table, like around banquet table in the background yeah. with this like really fancy tablecloth but I'm not surprised with Suki yeah it's like mm-hmm. fall perfect decor and then Jackson coming out to deep fry wearing like a welding ha- yeah <laughs> did somebody say Jackson <laughs> they're coming down <laughs> I have my uh Rory's bookshelf in the beginning when Lorelai makes a quip about the um the deep frying oil and she says something about, is it for pouring on the Visigoths? <laughs> and as the resident medievalist here, I had to talk about the Visigoths for a little bit. They're a bit before my time, so I don't know that much about them. But they did sack Rome in, I think, 410 or around there. So they're partially responsible for the fall of Rome in the mid-5th century. Um, and... They're, they were like one of the Germanic tribes who had settled in Gaul, which is now kind of uh, the France area. And um, yeah, 
I, I've always been interested in the Visigoths. The <laughs> Gothic language is uh, a Germanic language, so you can see some similarities in the Gothic language to Old English, and that's pretty cool. But I, I don't know Gothic very well. <laughs> <laughs> I did look it up because that was also almost my pick as well. Um, but I was like, I don't know what the Visigoths were, so I had to look it up. But I feel a little smarter for knowing it. A good history It's such lesson. a cool name. <laughs> like, it just sounds so, like, it sounds so in line with our idea of goth now. Like, yeah. Visigoth just sounds like, you know, goth. For sure. <laughs> oh, but this Thanksgiving, poor Suki, it seems to be, like, her version of, like, hell. <laughs> you know, like, she's not at the... She's not at the inn Mm -hmm. running the kitchen there. She's not even, though, running her own Thanksgiving. Well, she probably ran everything else but the turkey, but she (laughs) she mentions it's, like, organic and all this stuff. And um, now she just has to watch it be deep fried by Jackson. And, like, (laughs) is his family, like, supposed to be, like, redneck or what? I don't know what vibe they are, but they're definitely not like a Stars Hollow (laughs) vibe. Yeah, I think Mm. they are kind of, I don't know, redneck-ish, I guess, if you could say that. I just remember when his, is it his cousin or his brother, played by Nick Offerman, shows up at some point. Oh, his brother. I know I was sad he's not in this episode because I love Nick Offerman. Yeah, that would have been great. (laughs) Yeah, but he's, I guess he's more just kind of like a a creep. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of has a cowboyish vibe, and I just did the Mm -hmm. baptism episode a few weeks ago, and so he's, like, dressed up, and he wears this, like, kind of, like, cowboyish outfit to the baptism, so I guess that kind of aligns with the redneck vibes. (laughs) Yeah. But then didn't his dad want him to wear, like, a kilt for his wedding? I feel like his family has a lot of different origins. We need the Jackson (laughs) Belleville spinoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be so interesting. <laughs> All right. I do want to mention um, I did place my got a taste test here for the deep fried turkey. Oh, yeah. This might be controversial. But I've never had deep fried turkey before, so I kind of just want to know what all the hype and the trouble is about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And you might know more about this, Larissa, but like if you're going to deep fry an entire turkey, wouldn't it be better to break it up into pieces and deep fry those? It just seems like it would be it would take so long to get it fully cooked and then the outside would be gross. I don't know. I haven't yeah, done much frying. I have had fried turkey. I live in Texas, so I've had almost every fried food imaginable. <laughs> we it's a, like a sport here. Um, but yeah, it's always just been like part like the butt like the leg or the wing like it's never been Mm -hmm. the full turkey jackson says it'll take 45 minutes which obviously is faster than doing it in the oven but yeah yeah i don't know it it, that's why i didn't pick it for this episode because (laughs) a i didn't want to make a whole turkey for just me and my sister um (laughs) but it just seemed like too much work and i not enough payoff i've had like smoked turkey my brothers made that for thanksgiving it's pretty good but that's completely Mm -hmm. different yep (laughs) yeah i did end up googling it for the psa for (laughs) of how to do it and one of the things is that you have to like have the turkey be completely thawed because the water or the ice is a problem when you're putting Uh it in the oil and 
you're also supposed to go really slow, which I don't feel like Jackson went slow enough, but they did show him wearing all this safety gear, which I thought was, that was good, you know? Um, and then later on when they're all drunkenly, drunkenly doing it, I was like, oh, this is a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Suki calls it a death in the family. <laughs> <laughs> We interrupt this podcast with a public service announcement from the Stars Hollow Safety Council. It's that time of year again, Thanksgiving and Stars Hollow. You might expect us to be announcing and advertising the Stars Stars Hollow Autumn Festival. However, events from last year's Thanksgiving call for a serious safety intervention of our town instead. The event in question is the lawn fire caused by Jackson Belleville and company while deep frying a turkey, followed by drunkenly deep frying many more miscellaneous food items, including vegetables, mashed potatoes, butter, pickles, salt, and a napkin. While the fire was ultimately small and contained, it is a warning sign of a future fire hazard during the holiday season. As it seems that the oven-roasted, herb-buttered, stuffed turkey is going out of fashion, we at the Stars Hollow Safety Council feel the pressing need to highlight guidelines for deep frying on this holiday. First, set up your deep fryer on wide open pavement like a driveway. Don't be like Jackson doing this on your front lawn. Second, make sure you have the right equipment, including heat-resistant gloves. That is the one thing Jackson did get right last year. Last, it's important to be present and monitor the turkey. You really shouldn't drink until the frying is done. This is the major mistake that Jackson and his company made last year. We heard reports of many beers and margaritas consumed during the deep frying process. We can't strongly caution against this enough. Finally, if you're scared about the prospect of deep frying a turkey and following these guidelines, remember... You can always opt for the safer and more ethical option of a tofurkey for Thanksgiving. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. And then we go to Luke's and uh, 
this has my Stars Hollow moment, just the Thanksgiving dinner at Luke's, because it has, mm. it seems like it's just kind of a catch-all for people who, like, don't want to do their own Thanksgiving dinner, but they still want to be around people that they know. So, like, Babette and Maury are there, and mm-hmm. uh, Luke and Lorelai have this fight that they apparently have every single year where she's brought flowers and Luke doesn't have a vase so they go back and forth and they have the same conversation every year and that just feels so I don't know so cozy and stars hollow-ish <laughs> you know I just want to know though like why doesn't Luke invite Kirk Babette and Maury to like sit with them and like push the chairs together like yeah, that's Kirk true. is literally <laughs> sitting by himself and it's really sad yeah. I mean it's very on brand for Kirk but I don't Mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't all sit together. <laughs> yeah, that's And where's true. Kirk's mom? Yeah, we yeah. never see her. Um, I also have my Stars Hollow moment in the scene. It's the first half of the scene with the back and forth between Babette and Maury and Kirk as they're having this discussion about Kirk's cat because it's just so like... Of course, Babette and Maury somehow know about Kirk's whole experience. And um, Kirk starts off by saying his body is covered in like 60% (laughs) scratches. And Babette is like, I'm so mad at that cat. And Maury says, very uncool cat. (laughs) And later on, Babette also says like, I love cats, but I love Kirk too. It's pretty much 50-50. And that's a high compliment. That's so cute. (laughs) That is. I know. I know it really is and it was just so cute and Kirk goes on about this like detailed story um he I there's yarn the cat tried to garrote him with it Uh, I think that's kind of like strangling Um, then he hid in the water um (laughs) naked but the cat apparently is not afraid and apparently gained power from the water (laughs) wonderful so Just like the humor of everything Kirk is saying with the fun, cute interjections from Babette and Maury. I was like, this is a perfect Stars Hollow Mm -hmm. moment. (laughs) As a cat person, I can attest to having scratches at like randomly because, I mean, I'll be attempting to give my cats a belly rub and then it goes badly and all of a sudden I'm covered in scratches. (laughs) But but I just like that all these things that Kirk, Kirk is saying Cat Kirk does are absolutely ridiculous, but they're also in some ways plausible for cats because cats will do the weirdest things and every cat just is random and different. So if there was a a household pet that would do these crazy things, it would be a cat. (laughs) We also get uh, Rory and Jess kiss. It's more like a peck. Yeah. And then Luke uh, sits them down at the table. So it's just the four of them, which, as you said, Larissa, like, why don't they involve everybody? I also was just Mm -hmm. wondering, like, do people, like, just come at different times or, like, arrange a table? And then Luke just arranged this, like, (laughs) family table for them. Yeah. It was kind of cute. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it is that he is, like, serving like a restaurant Thanksgiving meals Mm -hmm. and he is trying to act like oh it just so happens that you both arrived at the same time that we're eating so you can sit at our table and just kind of gives this gives us away when he's like I'm so hungry and you wouldn't (laughs) let me eat and just and Luke's like no I I didn't say that like oh this just happened this way but it clearly is like an orchestrated thing so that they can have like a sweet little intimate meal together yeah. I also love um 
when we have woke Luke when he's yeah. you know berating <laughs> Thanksgiving and he has those little moments that pop out and I really love him for it. <laughs> yeah. We noticed yeah. that especially in season one and then it's kind of like petered out, but this was yeah. a moment of like season one Luke back in. Yes, again. agreed. Yeah. His line was my just sass attack, actually, because <laughs> uh, I did love it so much. He says about giving thanks, and it, he says that we should give thanks like that we're not Native Americans who got their land stolen in exchange for smallpox blankets. So I was like, right I on, know. Luke, right yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, way to make sure everybody remembers what, what this holiday is actually about. Yeah. And then as uh, Luke and Jess get up to serve coffee and like refill drinks and stuff Lorelai tells Rory that the kiss was (laughs) terrible and Rory again is kind of reiterating that she is worried everybody's watching her and this kind of goes back to like immediately or to I guess it was the last episode where Rory goes to talk to Dean um after she and Jess have just been making out and she like is so worried that people aren't going to like her and that kind of seems to be the undercurrent of her worry with people always watching her and Jess because they're going to be judging her they saw her with Dean first and they liked her with Dean so now what are they going to think that kind of stuff unfortunately (laughs) Babette (laughs) confirms this because as she and Maury stand up she tells Rory that the kiss was really half-assed and she's really got to give it to him (laughs) Gotta give a little of them. Oh, I love that yeah. so much. It's so funny. <laughs> I just thought it. I just thought this was such a strange comment from Lorelai. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if she was trying to subtly offer her support of Rory. Like, oh, you could really give him a proper kiss in front of me. It's fine, but it's not like her and Dean were making out in front of Lorelai yeah. all the time. Like, I thought it was a total normal like hello kiss that you would do in front of like family it's I don't know maybe that's just me yeah I don't I don't know what kind of mom is like oh you should be making out with your boyfriend in front of not only you know I mean Luke wasn't really around but like he's also Jess's uncle like Jess isn't gonna want to make out in front of his uncle either so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I agree it was a weird conversation (laughs) and also I kind of liked Babette's um comment because it kind of like uh contradicted everything that Rory is worried about like yes everybody's watching but nobody nobody cares that it's her Rory and Jess making out they just care that somebody's making out and they want to talk about it (laughs) like I'm sure Miss Patty and Babette would never begrudge somebody for like moving on or starting to make out somebody else they uh, they seem perfectly pro making out i don't know there's a better way to say that true (laughs) sex positive i guess (laughs) i'll also add part of rory's concern here is that she doesn't quite know how to like go about in the world with a second boyfriend and lorelei mentions like oh you know dean will move on eventually and rory's like oh yeah like it almost surprised her to hear that dean (laughs) would move on to someone else but my uh, oh, the weird part of my brain was like yeah he's probably gonna move on with Lorelai oh, because of all those comments <laughs> and I think that not to like get too far ahead because I know we're in this part of season three but like when Lindsay comes in and like Rory is very clearly jealous of her and it's like mm-hmm. 
he's allowed to move on. And I think mm-hmm. you make a good point that she sounds surprised that he would be able to. And she acts like Dean has to pine for her for forever. She does something similar with Logan in the reboot. Yes. <laughs> she's got she's got to work through that. Yeah. She needs to yeah, be in she therapy. She work through her issues. Yeah. <laughs> Or write a journal, talk to a friend, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Any I'm sure Lane could like give her some tips, like maybe don't sleep with people who are in other relationships. You know, I'm sure Lane would give her that advice if she talked to her about it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> after this, we head off to the Gilmores. And I just noted that Emily has a cool red plaid, plaid top on. That I really liked. I almost gave him my Lorelai's closet, but not quite. <laughs> but we have guests there, and we have that woman from the auction whose name I don't remember. And I feel like they didn't. Natalie. Okay, Natalie. <laughs> and then some French people whose names I also didn't write down. Sorry. <laughs> They're Claude and Monique Clemenceau, yeah. I believe. Okay. <laughs> and this is my Rory's bookshelf when Lorelai sings Lady Marmalade to the French people and Richard is like so offended and appalled that she would do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my Rory's bookshelf as well. <laughs> Yay. I love I just love the way that Lorelai is like oh they're all kind of talking French around me and I don't know any so here's this like pop culture <laughs> reference that is essentially me saying do you want to sleep with yeah. me? <laughs> And yeah, I of, of course have to shout out the 2001 version on the Moulin Rouge soundtrack yeah. recorded by Christina Aguilera, Mia, Lil' Kim, and Pink. And it was produced by Missy Elliott. So oh, good. it's a really <laughs> good version. <laughs> this also reminded me of the application anxiety episode where Lorelai was attempting to like keep up with the weird fact roulette thing happening at that dinner party or that lunch party yeah and just like kept kind of throwing out random pop culture things yeah but i i do feel like claude was enjoying lorelei mm-hmm. you know he thought it was really funny once he knew it was a song and then at dinner he's also commenting about like how witty she is and whatnot so it's like even though this conversation is a little awkward at times like everyone is still kind of going along in a fine you know they're in fine spirits until the conversation at dinner turns to applications and whatnot before we get to there i had my just sass attack i almost forgot about um claude tells lorelei that she has her mother's wit emily responds sometimes i wish she'd give it back that was my I also did. I loved it. And there's also a kind of a cringy line too before they have dinner um the other guy, he's not the French one, but he's like talking about there's a lot to give thanks for in this country. And I, I was like, oh, but is there? <laughs> yeah, I know. I loved the contrast between the like kind of working class yeah, sort Luke, of Luke, lunch yeah. at Luke's versus the like elite wealthy conversation <laughs> yeah. here. <laughs> I don't think this is a eat the rich show, but in my mind, Luke wants to eat the rich. <laughs> yeah. That would be a cool like extra storyline yeah. to add in at some point. I'm not sure exactly when, but <laughs> we'll write the fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I also I love that like the culture of this like high society group is to like 
bring out the turkey for this grand (laughs) ceremony. Richard cuts like a tiny piece off of it and then they send it back to the kitchen for actual other people to do all of the Mm -hmm. carving and whatnot. It's so, oh, so ceremonial (laughs) and like a performance. And Lorelai is like, what do you mean they're taking it away? And then they start with salads. (laughs) Oh, and I just, oh my gosh, I, not to go back to Suki's dinner, but since we're talking about eating in Turkey, Mm. do they actually eat? at Suki's we don't actually see that and the turkey's not done like they're just putting the turkey in so maybe they just like don't cut it up I didn't mean to bring that up like do they actually eat the dinner at Suki's Thanksgiving I was wondering something similar like is the only dinner that they actually fully ate Luke's that's the only one we actually see them physically eating but even then like they have the plates but then Luke goes away for like more marshmallows or something and they have a conversation. I wonder if it was like they didn't want to have the actors having to constantly eat for the scenes because it's like these are four meals, but we never actually see them take a bite of anything. (laughs) I don't think. That is very true. (laughs) I wonder if the the real prep that Lorelai and Rory have done for this eating marathon is to learn how to talk so much while you eat that it seems like you're eating a lot, but you're not really eating that much. I <laughs> and think just to have the, a lot of food waste. That's the epitome of this entire show, the end. <laughs> <laughs> talk a lot, pretend to eat a lot. Go more girls. <laughs> yeah. So in that theme... They are talking quite a lot at this dinner at the Gilmore's and the conversation turns to the dreaded college application topic. And what I will say about this is that I am glad that they're finally mentioning like safety schools and backup schools and the idea that you apply to more than one school and that there's like parents who know this and multiple kids who are applying to other schools and whatnot and I do have my Friday night dinner in this scene and it's the fact that Lorelai doesn't know that you don't that you are supposed to apply to more than one school like someone says Chilton would never let Rory apply to just one school and Lorelai says to Rory like oh you never told me that and I want to kind of critique the writing of this because I find it really hard to believe that if this was their lifelong goal that Lorelai not once researched like how to help your kid apply and I just find it like hard to believe she would be this obtuse this far along and it starts to feel like the conflict is a bit contrived um to be like oh application anxiety college We need to have drama in the family. And I just felt like it threw off what was overall a very delightful episode. And then a sprinkling of like the relationship drama. I just don't, I was like, did it need this fight about college again? I don't know. I was feeling tired of it a little bit. No, I agree. (laughs) And this was also my Friday night dinner um, because there's obviously a lot of flaws with it. Um, And like they do kind of talk about backups and safeties but all the schools that they mention are not safety <laughs> schools like they yeah. mentioned like Vassar no and I'm like schools. yeah that's a really hard school even like, <laughs> like outside of the Ivies um but yeah I I think you're right in that she obviously did enough research to know that Chelton is a really good school and probably would help her get into Harvard so obviously Chelton I feel like would have a lot of like parents 
nights about the college application mm. process and like she would be a lot more involved and like I'll give Lorelai a little benefit of the doubt and that, you know, she just went to business school. She didn't go through college the traditional way. So she probably doesn't know a lot from her own experience. But like you said, it's been their whole goal, Rory's entire life, for her to go to college. So I feel like she would at least know you don't just apply to one school and that's like the hardest school in the country to get into. Um, But also just a couple of like, nitpicky things in this scene like they mention Mm -hmm. how like their grandson already heard back from stanford and you would not hear back that early it's at least Mm -hmm. december if you applied early um and you can only apply to like some schools like only one early so and maybe he just like shot a shot with stanford but he would not know by thanksgiving so (laughs) just throwing my little expertise Mm -hmm. in there (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, the timeline just doesn't Mm -hmm. add up for this random guy to have already heard back from Stanford. And I agree that the like safety school, quote unquote, the fact that Rory's safety schools are Princeton and Yale is just absurd, mind boggling to me. But I did just watch um, Gossip Girl where. Uh, Blair only applies to Yale, yeah. only Yale. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't know, this show's not alone and it's severe lacking of understanding about yeah, college. They should just hire me for all of the shows. <laughs> they really yeah. should. A consultant. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't also when they uh, point out about how Rory could live at home if she went to Yale, which I'm glad she didn't do, but I don't know why that thought never crossed Lorelai's mind at all mm. that Yale is significantly closer and I know that's ultimately why she goes there so that the show would still work um because if she's off mm. in Boston like that would be a lot harder to do um but it just is weird that Lorelai's never even like considered that and she gets so defensive when Rory like suggests that and she like attacks Emily about it yeah I I thought a lot of this kind of We've talked in the past about like wondering whether Harvard has become more of Lorelai's dream than Rory's dream. And I feel like this is really the point where Harvard and like sticking to Harvard over everything else is more Lorelai's goal and ambition than Rory's because Rory's being more realistic, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Lorelai is just like so stubbornly obsessed with yeah. Harvard and nothing no, no other possibilities and ev- anybody who says differently is like outright attacking her it's just too much <laughs> yeah it's really hard to like find the reason that Lorelai is reacting the way she does and I I mean we've talked about a lot of different reasons and Emily and Richard think they know her reasons and Emily offers when they go out on you know Lorelai kind of leaves the dinner table upset once she's heard that Rory has applied to Yale and Emily follows her out and says um, she essentially says like you can't let Rory have one part of our lives even if it's Rory's choice you hate us that much and I I just found myself wondering like I wonder if that is really Lorelai's reason that she is so opposed to Yale or is it something else or is that part of it and then By the end of the episode, Lorelai does tell Rory, like, my head knows that no matter what school you go to, it will be good. It will all work out. But my head isn't communicating to my gut 
like where my gut wrenching feeling anytime my family gets involved in something. So it seems like I think Lorelai is definitely having a hard time processing her emotions around this. And she is aware of that by the end of the episode. And I really felt like the acting Lauren Graham was doing on the patio was like a lot of like frustration, not only at her family, but I think also like her like kind of like, why am I reacting like this? Why am I so attached to Harvard versus Yale? I I guess I do have a little sympathy for her in that I feel like she's just kind of got chaos, emotional chaos going on in her head. <laughs> well, it's also interesting for this big blow up fight to happen after how the last episode ends, because isn't that where they're both reading the brochure, like in their own yeah. rooms? Yeah. And so that kind of I guess foreshadows like Lorelai coming around to Yale, but then like that goes away and it goes back into the big fight. So that kind of felt like a weird, like I feel like they should have thrown the brochure in, I guess, later on, because you'll definitely have to get more into this when you get to the um, Pose and Tale of Pose and Fire episode where like Rory ultimately makes her decision. But like, I don't know, Lorelai seems so pro-Yale in that episode, and we don't really get to see that shift of her going from anti-Yale to Mm. pro-Yale. I guess it kind of happens off-camera, but I'd really like to know kind of when and how she made that shift. That's a good point. Having the catalog scene following this, like maybe at the end of this episode, would have been, I think, helpful. Like we we do need clues about characters, like what they're thinking and when their decisions change. Like sometimes we miss that with Rory. We're like, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of have to fill in the space of like, oh, this is where Rory's head must have been at. We need little visual yeah. clues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay. I was kind of jumping around, but I think now we'll be back to the the Kims because there's kind of like a fade to black on Lorelai as she's on the patio. And then you're suddenly back at the Kims uh, with the, lane and dave storyline my god i love it (laughs) so (laughs) dave we come in with dave packing up his stuff he heads out and then supposedly he forgot his bible i mean obviously we know that this is just another ploy for the two of them (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and but so lane picks that up to go and take it to him mrs kim takes it and inspects it and it says this bible belongs to god but Dave Rogowski is using it. I don't- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is just like also just part of how, you know, Dave is just like along in yeah. Lane's schemes. Like he's even thought of that detail too. Yeah. It's like he studied Mrs. Kim or something. <laughs> I burst out laughing at like the genius of that line. This Bible belongs to God, but Dave is using it. It's just so good. <laughs> it's like, from here on out is my gazebo moment for the episode. <laughs> nice. It's so nice. I just love this whole developing romance between yeah. the two of them. What? Why did you pick it? Um, like I said, I think it was pretty clear from earlier. It's probably a spoiler alert that this is going to be my gazebo <laughs> moment. Um, I just really love Dave so much, and especially Dave and Lane together. Like, they're just so perfect. Um, and also, like, just... The, uh, the kiss was really sweet. And I love that because um, he played the like beginning lick of the David Bowie song. And then that plays in the background when they kiss. So I just love that little mm-hmm. parallel. Um, but also like he made $20 for playing guitar for five hours straight. Yeah, like, that's, that's ridiculous. And I was kind of a nerd and I looked it up in today's money. 
and it's with inflation, which God, the inflation was this bad <laughs> in 20 years, but, um, it's still only $32 for today. So like for That's five hours, <laughs> yeah, you would expect, and he's like, he's really skilled at the guitar. So you'd expect it to be like at the least $20 an hour, I would say yeah. probably he, more. He doesn't even get a break to eat because he has to play while they're all eating. And it's holiday pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he has such a good attitude. Yeah, about he's it. excited. He's like, oh, it gave me Kurt Cobain calluses. It's great. And I got more gigs because of the flyer. Like, he has such a positive yeah. attitude about everything. Yeah, he Plus, he gets to kiss much. Lane. Oh, Bible kiss Bible. <laughs> yeah. And I love, like, as far as first kisses go, I thought this was a really good first kiss between the two of them. I mean, it's a very classic, like, Lane is talking and so he like cuts her off with the kiss as the answer to her question which is essentially like oh you would still go on a date with me after all of this and his answer is yes but it's (laughs) non-verbal and it's a pretty cute kiss and I think like yeah I think it matches up well with the other first kisses in the show they have like a kind of tough time because we just had another first kiss last episode with Jess and Rory who just have like out of this world chemistry but it was still very good I thought (laughs) it was I mean Rory and Jess's first first kiss at the wedding was kind of I guess that still had quite a bit of it was a bit more juicy than this one (laughs) there yeah there's a lot more like movement and like also so much more (laughs) drama behind it yeah (laughs) but like Lane and Dave's like their relationship is just built to last way more than Rory and Jess's Mm -hmm. is like you can tell even though Rory and Jess have just finally gotten together that it's not gonna last through the season yeah it's very more explosive yeah it's a hot flame that will burn out fast (laughs) (laughs) after this their Lorelai and Rory are kind of walking around as uh, we mentioned earlier, Laura, or as Alexis said earlier, Lorelai is kind of confused between her head and her gut. But then they end up back at Suki's. Suki has become <laughs> quite drunk, <laughs> drinking loads of margaritas. And the deep frying has progressed to all sorts of food and then non-food items like a napkin. Her her mm-hmm. comedic timing for this and like just the way that she acts <laughs> drunk is so good. It it's mm-hmm. like it's hilarious and just I don't she's such a good actress. They should just let her be drunk more often, yeah. I think, because it was yeah. Very funny. I was gonna say I feel like this is like our first kind of taste into Melissa McCarthy's like comedic ability. Like we don't get yeah. to see that very often as Suki. Um, so I think this kind of lets her showcase her skills. Um, another one, I think. It's actually the next episode because that'll do pig, I think, is y'all's next episode. So you'll have to talk about it more. Um, But it's when Mm. Trix comes in and she has to like rip down her chef's coat. Oh, Um, yeah. So when you get to that scene, I think that shows her comedic (laughs) abilities very well, too. Yeah, she's just so Mm -hmm. like underutilized. Yeah. She says a great line. She says that she's enscotched instead of ensconced. And I just love that because it's like, a nice little drinks pun, yeah. but also just mm-hmm. <laughs> just drunken talking. <laughs> yeah, she's got another good line about the stages of grief. Uh, I think it was denial, anger, and then she forgets the others, <laughs> but they were served with they're served with rocks on the rocks no, with salt. Served rocks with salt. Yeah, yeah, on the rocks with salt. <laughs> and her physical comedy in that line is just yeah. Just she like hilarious. turns. 
Uh, and then her salad bowl from Belgium, RIP. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. That must have been really I'm sure that it was expensive. And yeah. then to like have to bring it back. Yeah, because I probably wouldn't fit in a suitcase. Large. Yeah. <clears throat> ah, Jackson. Jackson <laughs> and his folks. <laughs> well, this is um, on where I guess we could talk about this at the end, but since we're almost there, this is where I almost made something that I didn't. So we didn't really talk about this um, earlier in the episode, but I mm-hmm. made Suki's uh, pinchetta and chestnut stuffing for this episode. And I did consider doing the deep fried shoe um, that they consider. <laughs> um, so I might do that as like a, a future if I ever go back through, um, but do like a shoe pastry, mm-hmm. like a play on words kind oh. of thing. Oh. I was like, you're really going to waste a shoe. <laughs> That's so clever, though. Yeah. So nice. that's really clever. That would be fun and probably delicious. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, let's see. We also get a page from Lane, or Rory gets a page from Lane that just says "Bible Kiss Bible." <laughs> so cryptic, <laughs> but cute. <laughs> Makes her good um, band name. Yeah. And then we go to Luke's, uh, where Jess is heading out. I guess they filled up Luke's trash trash can. So this is a great. Uh, ploy to have Jess have to walk around town a little bit more to take out the trash (laughs) and Rory and Lorelai are there for coffee which is just astounding like aren't they getting the the post turkey effect at this point (laughs) that's why they need the coffee (laughs) (laughs) and Rory follows Jess of course we've like had so many of these pretenses between last episode and this episode and Dave and Lane and Rory and Jess but she follows him and, like, gives him an intense kiss. Like, you could tell that she was feeling self-conscious about having just pecked him earlier. And then, mm-hmm. in classic Rory fashion, just says, later, and runs off. <laughs> Every it was very classic time. Rory. <laughs> it was Chemistry City, though. Yeah, it's very juicy. I would say it gave me a little bit of a thrill. I was like, oh. Because it's just so dramatic, the way she doesn't even say anything. And then barely says anything when she walks away. And just just looks a little stunned you know Mm -hmm. like i was impressed with her action there yeah (laughs) she does that often (laughs) and then unfortunately jess is brought back to earth quickly because he turns the corner and dean is there and it's shot to seem like dean saw the whole kiss and everything yeah he's like in the shadows like it just looks really creepy (laughs) (laughs) i do want to say Maybe he's in a bad mood because he had to work all of Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's true. That is rough. (laughs) He did get time and a half, but I thought, like, I can't believe Taylor's is open on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And he worked that late. I don't feel like that's plausible, but again, I do feel like it's an excuse for him to be outside and on his way home to see Jess and Rory. And it's all the more tragic because you know Rory's intention was to not flaunt the relationship and she didn't want this to happen. But ultimately it was like she couldn't prevent it because it's just this like dramatic occurrence and coincidence here. Um, But I got such secondhand embarrassment when it turns and you see Dean there. And like I do feel for him because this is what he's been like self-conscious for like the entire past year of their relationship and why it blew up Mm. um, a couple episodes ago. Um, but yeah, they really made him creepy in the shadows. <laughs> He's so like tall and just lurking. Yeah. And this is when I think like 
Dean has snapped a little bit (laughs) (laughs) because now the roles are really reversed. Whereas before we saw Jess as the instigator messing with Dean, it's very different now. Dean is more aggressive toward Jess, like following him, getting in his space and really trying to just like start a fight, I think, to like let out all of his anger and yeah, I think he needed some help from Sookie. He has not made his way through the stages of grief. He's <laughs> just in anger right now. He needs now. to have some on the rocks. <laughs> He's not in denial. Salt. He's in anger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. And he is pretty threatening in that he's saying, like, this is my town and I'm not going to hide and I don't have to be calm around you anymore. So kind of like insinuating that a fight between them is on the horizon. And we know that Jess is now in the position of he has to be calm and he says like if we get in a fight Rory will blame me which I think says something interesting about their relationship that she wouldn't trust Mm -hmm. her boyfriend saying I didn't start a fight we do see that play out later on yeah with the foreshadowing supposedly yeah but also I think it's kind of interesting too that Dean and I I like your point earlier Alexis where you talked about Rory's or Lorelai's conversation with him in the market but like Dean's been in Stars Hollow a year longer than Jess. Like, he was new mm-hmm. in season one. Like, he just moved into town. So I'm like, are you, can you really call this your town if you've been here for, like, two and a half years? <laughs> yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting the way that when, like, in season one, Dean is on the receiving end of this from Lorelai, where Laurel's like, the whole town is watching yeah. you if you date Rory. But now the role has reversed and that's just in that position now. Like they really do allow Dean's character to shift so much so that he can be like the jealous boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. And I almost find it interesting too that we don't, we get a few like Lorelai conversations with Jess or like pep talks. I don't know, pep is the right word, but like motherly conversations, but not in the same way that she did with Dean. And I almost wonder if that's just because Lorelai never trusts Jess and she never like comes around to liking him. Um, But she never really does the like, don't hurt my daughter conversation because I think she's already Mm -hmm. that he's going to hurt her regardless. Yeah, that's true. She's kind of trying to like accept the relationship, but not be involved, but not be involved like she was with Dean. (laughs) Well, because she's still in a relationship with Dean. That's true. (laughs) So after this confrontation, we have a little moment in Luke's where Lorelai and Rory realize they didn't have to skip out on the rolls. But Luke, of course, has saved them a whole bag of rolls and just gives that to them. Yeah. And then they head home and we see Kirk sleeping in the gazebo, <laughs> uh, supposedly because Cat Kirk has taken over his house. Okay. And that's that's the episode. So juicy. <laughs> So we have a couple of closing questions for you, Larissa, and then, I mean, just in general. So you said you made Suki's stuffing, and I guess you've already kind of told us what you would make if you did this a second time with the shoe, (laughs) (laughs) the deep fried Mm -hmm. shoe. Did you have any other things that you like really wanted to make from this episode? I definitely think I would try to do a tofurkey dish as well. And just, I know we talked about how it probably wouldn't be good if Mrs. Kim made it, but... I think I would try to make, give justice to tofurkey. Yeah, with enough seasoning, 
Yeah. I was about to say you could like stuff it with cheese, but I guess that defeats the purpose of having a vegan. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe vegan vegan cheese. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did Google it and there was one that was stuffed with like mushrooms and things like that. So I do feel like there's a lot of innovative ways you could approach Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) I think my mom went through a tofu phase, like a meatless phase, and we had tofurkey. And it was around the same time as this so like in the early 2000s when I think tofu in the U.S. was just seen as like the bland food by white people at least (laughs) yeah it's really made a comeback in the last few years for sure yeah once like if you know how to season it or just like do anything other than just eat it plain yeah I think it's also the seasoning but also just like the technique like you have to get it crispy enough Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have that soggy texture yeah I made Mm -hmm. I made some tofu today in my air fryer delicious (laughs) you're preparing for the episode (laughs) yeah I guess so yeah (laughs) okay I think of an important question to ask as well is which of these four dinners would we like to attend? <laughs> um, I think for me, it, it's kind of a complicated answer because there's a caveat to it. I would want to go to Suki's if she was cooking dinner. Um, but like we talked about, I'm a little wary about the deep fried turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it actually plays out in the show, probably Luke's. Um, I also kind of like the quiet vibes. I don't like a lot of people. So I feel like Suki's would get overwhelming. Um, and Luke's is just like really quiet and chill. And I think he has he makes good food too. So probably Luke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I have the exact same thought process. <laughs> I would like Suki's if I could be guaranteed to just sit with her at that table and drink the whole night watching every people make (laughs) like other people make fools of themselves and wouldn't have to interact with everybody. But yeah, I think Luke's was probably the best, like just kind of chill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But still, you still get a bit of drama with the cat Kirk stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What would you choose, Alexis? I think I would go to the Gilmore's. You want all the drama? (laughs) You get like fancy place settings. You'd get like a cocktail to start and then I bet they have a lot of good wine with dinner and once they eventually serve the food, you know, the turkey, I bet it's really good because they have professionals (laughs) hired and you would get a lot of drama to just watch at the, (laughs) the dinner table. But I think the most realistic one for me would be Luke's and I was actually thinking like, oh, I would like that option in real life if there was like a small town place I could go. And I wouldn't have to do the dinner yeah. myself, but I would still see people I knew and it still felt cozy while also being like out of the home. Mm-hmm. I really liked how it managed to get both of those vibes. I was wondering, we don't see any desserts in any of these. <laughs> and I was trying to like think of what the desserts would be like Luke's obviously would have pumpkin pie and maybe like some other kinds of pies. But what other kind of desserts would you have for each dinner? I have this mapped out to a science. I like thought about this really. <laughs> I love it. Um, so for Mrs. Kim, it would be something healthy, like probably a brand raisin muffin, um, just all around health nut. Um, I think Suki would do like a really decadent dessert, like a pumpkin pecan cheesecake. Like she wanted to just do like a basic pumpkin pie. Like I think it would be really fancy. Um, Luke, I actually think Luke would like hate pumpkin. Like he just kind of ah. has to be like grumpy and crotchety. I feel like he like I don't like pumpkin so he would have the apple pie but yeah mm, definitely a pie Still for tasty. sure <laughs> and then Emily would obviously have something like really pretentious like a 
French pastry, like a milfoy or something. So I thought about this very hard. <laughs> I, I trust your expert opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to try all of them. Yeah, me too. Good. <laughs> okay, and our final thing is we pick MVPs for the episode. So who was your MVP, Larissa? Oh, well, if you couldn't guess, spoiler alert, surprise, it was Dave Rogalski. <laughs> um, I just, this is one of my favorite episodes of him. Um, barring the episode where he memorized the entire Bible to ask her out to prom. Um, But I just love Dave so much, and he's so sweet and perfect for Lane, and I wish we got to have more of him. Agreed. (laughs) My MVP was Suki. (laughs) Just because, you know, I think she handled a tough situation as best she could. You know, like, I wish when I, when something, you know, something I don't like happens, sometimes I'm just in a bad mood. I'm really grumpy. It's hard to deal with it. But that happened to her. And she just said like, okay, I'll have beer. I'll have margaritas. I'm going to get through this. (laughs) And she did. And she was a relatively good sport about something that is like so near and dear to her heart. Like she let go of the control totally. And she's missing out on the meal at the end. So I just had a lot of sympathy for her in this episode and like we said melissa mccarthy is just a shining star in this episode yeah that's true my mvp was cat kirk Yay! <laughs> yeah I knew it. I knew it. predictable i mean cat kirk wasn't even on screen but stole the show and just the mm-hmm. the best like random little side plot yeah a little controversial. I feel like Cat Kirk was pretty mean to Human Kirk. Yeah, it's I, I think that, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I think you know Human Kirk also maybe just needed to respect Cat Kirk's boundaries a little bit. I'm sure. I know. I mean, I know mm-hmm. he did, but he was also trying to push the the whole thing. Like he just adopted Cat Kirk the day before, and was already start yeah. trying to push those boundaries. And you know, cats have very very solid boundaries. <laughs> This is why I'm not a cat person. <laughs> but they're also very cute after a while. <laughs> I do feel I have a dog and she acts like a cat half the time. So I like Aww. to say that I have both. <laughs> yeah, one of my cats is basically a dog. He's also very large. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Did you want to talk a little bit about where people can find you? I know I mentioned it at the top, but any more information about where you're at and stuff yeah so i am at uh, eating gilmore on instagram and tiktok and all my recipes are on my blog at eatinggilmore.com. yay all right talk soon awesome talk soon thanks for listening to talking fast a gilmore girls podcast don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.